everybody. Welcome back to Sales is King. This is Dan Sixsmith. Glad to be with you. I am your host. And we've got another great interview for you today. Dr. Stephen Timmy, who is the best-selling author of the book Insight-Led Selling, which is a fantastic book. I had the pleasure of reading it uh, recently. And Dr. Timmy is also the founder and CEO of Finlistics, um, which is a company that helps sellers be able to engage with insights and deliver way more value in their selling conversations and also be able to master financial selling, which is a big thing um, and a big need for sellers. So we had a great conversation. We talked about some of the key points in his book. We talked about selling to the C-suite. We talked about teaching buyers things they don't know and many key things that will help you in your sales game, will help your sales team achieve greater success. And now, Dr. Stephen Timmy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Sales is King. This is Dan Sixsmith. Glad to be with you. We've got another great special guest today. Please welcome Dr. Stephen Timmy, who is a best-selling author, the CEO and founder of Finlistics, a thought leader and subject matter expert on executive selling, financial selling, consultative selling, B2B sales. So happy to have him with us today. Dr. Stephen Timmy, welcome. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, everyone, for uh, joining us today. We all know you're very busy, so Dan and I are going to work as hard as we can to make sure you get a good return on your time invested. <laughs> Dan, glad to be oh, here. Oh, I don't doubt that at all. Um, so there's so much to talk about. Um, obviously, you know, I've known you for a long time. You and I have been at this game for a while. But I'd love to get your take just high level to start of just kind of the state of B2B sales. Um, you know, it seems to me like quota attainment has been a struggle for sellers for 10 years. Um, you know, why do you think that is? Why is it still sluggish? Um, and, you know, we'll get into a little bit about your thoughts on what we can do about it. Yeah. So in the current environment, Dan, I mean, part of it is with all the economic uncertainty, you know, a lot of companies are just keeping their powder dry. They're just saying, what, what is it I have to buy now? Uh, that if I don't buy, I'm going to go out of business. So, I mean, they're, they're being pretty extreme, uh, both in terms of employment. We've seen all, a bunch of rifts in different industries, uh, as well as the same thing around investing in technology. Now, you know, some are still doing it. Some uh, view this as an opportunity. I won't name the company, but a rather large consumer product company sees this environment as an opportunity. We're going to invest now and come out a lot stronger. But, um, you know, People, the demand for one, the demand is down. But when you then look at the longer term, you know, uh, you know, quota attainment. Part of it is executives just believe that sellers don't, or revenue organizations just don't understand their business. And you know, we're, we're going to talk more about this. But you know, generally speaking, I'm a positive person. But the reality is, is, is most uh, enterprise sellers really don't good, do a good job of saying, how's this aligned with your goals and strategies? How's this aligned with the initiatives of individual stakeholders? I mean, it's a problem that persists today. I think there's been some improvement, but I mean, I think those are two of the biggest contributors, especially in this environment. Yeah, uh, I agree. And I guess, you know, I just don't understand why more companies are not there yet. Um, 
is it just the is do you think it's a combination of more of the kind of senior leadership um kind of buy into that approach or the, just the the incredible pressure today for you know producing numbers now at all costs and almost you know putting process to the side <laughs> yeah i wasn't being rude and in fact last week uh siobhan thatcher and myself spoke oh, at love her uh the sales enablement society conference oh she's a wonderful person yeah um, and ours was about, you know, the seven steps to building a customer first revenue organization. So one of the first polls, we said, why is there this gap? And, and just by everyone admits there's this gap. Hmm. And so the, the, re, the results, we said executive support and about, uh, was about, about maybe 12% of the people said, yeah, executive support comfortable with old ways was about 40%. Mm. And then, uh, sales enablement. There was no one voted for that. Of course, we were at the Sales Enablement Society <laughs> conference. So what are they going to do? You know, point fingers at themselves. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, another 40% said, you know, all of the above. So, you know, just comfortable with the old ways. Hey, you know, I've, I've gone to the President's Club every year, uh, you know, those type of things. But it just doesn't work anymore. It just does mm -hmm. not work. And, um, you know, I'd say there's about 25% of companies really get it. I like to call them customer first. And then we can talk about some of the issues with the rest. Mm. Yeah. Super interesting. And I know you've done a lot of work in terms of what buyers are saying. I know you interviewed a lot of senior executives for your book. One of the things that mm -hmm. struck me was that so many buyers are saying they just prefer a rep free experience. Um, yeah. I guess it comes down to you know, they just see sellers today as low value, but what do you think there? Well, I, I think there's a couple things. One, you know, look at, look at the change in the buyers. You know, everyone talks mm -hmm. about the millennials and they're very research savvy, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So, so you got that. There's just a lot more information out there, you, you know? So I, I know this is what people have heard over and over again, but the reality is, you know, I can do 70% of the research, 80% of the research before I talk to anyone, any sellers, and then, um, you know, in the book that we're going to talk about this mm -hmm. insight led selling, uh, one of the key thing, themes with these executives, buying executives that I interviewed was, well, tell me something I don't know. And, mm -hmm. you know, most organizations don't do that. You look at other research, it's almost 80% of buying <laughs> executives think that sellers don't understand their business. So why, why would I want to talk to a rep? Mm -hmm. I can do most of it myself. And I sent out an RFP. I get the best price, you know, highest quality, that type of thing. But if I'm not telling someone, you know, if I'm a, an enterprise seller and I'm not telling people something they don't know, forget it. In fact, we did a survey, I forget when it was, but we asked that question, how often do you tell, uh, you know, executives something they don't know? And about 20% said often. And, mm -hmm. you know, then we gave them an out saying not so often, which means never. <laughs> and that was a big chunk of it. So just, you got to be relevant, you know. Yeah. And, you know, and it's not like it's a, it's an exceptionally heavy lift to really put in the time to understand what's important to those companies, right? As you said, you know, there's so much information online. You really need to go in and research the company. I know your, your solution provides great, um, you know, uh, information around that, but even the individuals, what's important to them, um, it's more a question of, you know, knowing kind of what to do um, 
and then just putting in the work to do it, you know, but I, I think a lot of the reps are kind of staggering into these calls and hoping that they can just kind of wing it through. Um, is, is that what you're seeing? I mean, is, do you, do you think that's what it is? Um, or how do we get more yeah. of these folks to, to really understand what to do to make themselves more relevant? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, that when we did that survey and, you know, comfortable with the old ways, right. Uh, we, we did a survey, uh, and it said like, how, how do you, how, how do you think of yourself, uh, relative to your customers and about 25% said, you know, trusted advisors mm-hmm. and 30% still talked about feature functions. And the other ones in the middle said, <clears throat> Hey, even if we know their goals and strategies, we don't know how to align our solution. So it's gotta be a team effort. This cannot mm-hmm. just, Hey, sellers go out and buy this information. So, you know, we, we can talk about a framework for that, but I mean, there has to be sales leaders involved, sales enablement involved, the CRO involved, marketing needs to be involved. I mean, just there needs to be that that unified team. And in most cases, there's really not. I mean, I know some sales enablement folks. I asked them, I said, when's the last time you went to the CRO and told them something they don't know? <laughs> and the answer was not often. So it, it, it really, and it has to start at the top. It has to start to me with a CEO, CRO, just saying, hey, here's how we're going to go to market. Here's why it's relevant. And, you, you know, you can also, uh, Dan, look at uh, statistics. So, when I, you know, mm-hmm. we play in the tech space a lot. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the, if you look at the median closure rate and you look at the first quartile, for every billion dollars in revenues, there's almost $100 million in incremental revenues. So the stats, the stats are there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I watched a great webinar that you did recently with um, Tom Pacello um, and April Morley of Genius yeah. Drive. And the other thing that came up on that is that, you know, sellers really should be able to bring new information, right? Because they have the vantage point of dealing with many different companies um, in the industry or across a particular vertical, um, you know, and they've got that kind of built in. So I love what you guys were talking about there. Um, so let's take a step back in terms of your experience, what type of companies are starting to do this? Well, what are the ingredients that they have, um, that are starting to turn the, the, the tide here and getting good results, um, in, you know, effectively connecting with executives, moving the needle, having a lot of their sellers hitting quota, or at least moving in the right direction. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's like any initiative. It doesn't have to be a <clears throat> sales initiative. But one, you have to have the support by executives. They have to understand at the top, I mean, if you're really serious, it, this has to be the kind of thing the CEO thinks about, right? The CFO, et cetera, mm-hmm. and CRO. So, okay, here, here's 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 what we're going to do. And, and the other part, uh, Dan, is defining the North Star. Like you see all mm-hmm. these sales enablement programs. A lot of them are inherently good. But what are we really going to accomplish? How are we going to measure success? So what is it we trying to get done? Is our closure rate low? You know, is our pipeline not as big as we want? Mm-hmm. You, you know, the cross-sell ups. So first of all, define it and specifically put metrics around it. You know, we want to move the closure rate from 30 to 40 to 50, whatever it might be. You know, we want our pipeline to be, you know, 5X of actually, you know, deals. Mm-hmm. So what is the North Star? And then the other piece is it's a, it's a team effort. I mean, it's, it's got to be starting at the top. The CRO has got to be committed as an example. Marketing needs to be in because uh, you probably have never heard this, Dan, but sometimes marketing and sales are not really coordinated, <laughs> right? So, 
No, I have not. This is a this uh, is so, breaking news here today. I, I know headline <laughs> headline news. Uh, no, an insta. We've got all kinds of followers on Instagram if we put that out there. Mm. But no, they really need to be aligned. You know, so the marketing, sales, you know, sales enablement, uh, you know, industry experts. So first of all, as a team, here's how we're thinking about this, and it just needs to be made part of their go to market strategy you know what's their sales process the marketing i was really really excited this uh, customer of ours we had for oh gosh i don't know five ten years and and they do uh you know automation factory Mm -hmm. automation those type Mm -hmm. of things and so the one guy that kind of manages us was all excited and showed me he said look at this marketing materials and they made reference to cost goods sold they made reference Mm -hmm. to unplanned machine downtime and what might be the financial benefits so you you got to have all that. Plus, you have to have the tools. Uh, I know it's self-serving for me and you mm-hmm. to say this, but I mean, you need to have the tools, you know, like ours that says, here's, you know, what the customer's up to and, and here's how you can customize the message, et cetera. And then, you know, obviously media flies. So how do I, how do I get them excited about showing their return? But mm-hmm. it really has the, the information tools, the analytical tools, because you said there's a lot of information out there. I shouldn't have to go in and not know what a company's goals and strategies are, especially <clears throat> if they're publicly traded. Yeah, and that's the part, right? So discovery certainly is important, but part of it really needs to be a validation of your research um, and that you come in like a knowledgeable, um, you know, strategic advisor type versus, you know, reeling off right. question after question about basic stuff that you probably should already know already. So um, I agree with you. What keeps you awake at night? Yeah. I mean, some of those are cringeworthy and we've all been on calls that are, you know, definitely a little suspect, but um, it's not easy. I mean, you know, yeah. selling is tough and getting tougher <clears throat> for sure. Um, it is. So, you know, it's, for it's, those of us in it. We're talking about his table yeah. Sticks, yeah. No, Exactly. Um, and it really comes down to training, enablement, pointing people in the right direction. Perhaps a lot of the newer sellers that are coming up will will learn this as the way to sell versus some of the old schoolers like me or you or whatever yeah. that just kind of grew up doing the the relationship, the the three martini lunches and the, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, signing contracts. I mean, I used to work in the textile business way back when and a, a zillion years ago, and we used to wait outside the buildings for the buyers to come out to go to lunch so we can walk along with them and try and get the deals done. I mean, this is like, you know, right. we've come a long way. So, but anyway, it's Daughters. fun. <clears throat> so I'd love to, I'd love to talk about you a little bit. You've got a great story. Um, you know, you started out in education um, and then you wound up, you know, going into business and, and, and developing this great company. Just tell us a little bit you know, about the, the beginnings and, and how you got into the space a little bit. I, I find it fascinating. Yeah. So I start off as a professor of finance at Emory University here in Atlanta, where I live. And I, I, I fell in love with finance. I think it was my junior year. I just had this professor. I almost considered him like a second father. I mean, he, mm. he did all the academic stuff, but he talked about all of his consulting. And the, then he did this and then he did that. I mean, it, it was, I, I was just mystified. <laughs> and uh, because he he was so practical, I thought, you know, th- this is really a pretty cool thing. Uh, so I was at the university. Uh, I think I've shared this with you. I love teaching. I really mm-hmm. love teaching. In fact, my joke is when I sell finlistics or leaf finlistics, I'll go back to the university, except this time I know what I'm talking about. 
But uh, <laughs> so, you know, so when I was at the university, I loved it. But I said, I'm not taking a vow of poverty. So I was very, very fortunate to be able to consult with some pretty well-known companies. It was almost always finance brought me in to work with operations because uh, they a lot of times would say they're the folks with all the, you know, really good ideas. They just don't know how to translate them into f- business and financial benefits. Hmm. So I did that for a while, really enjoyed it. Cause I, I'm not an engineer. I'm a finance person. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's almost by pure luck. I was doing this workshop at Georgia tech. It was like improving operations and driving financial performance. And uh, this guy comes up and says, have, have you ever used this in sales? Because that's what we're trying to do. We just can't crack the nut. So that's when it, it really kind of took off to, to say, okay, here's, here's the financial part, but here's also the business part. I mean, mm-hmm. you're not, Dan, I think you would agree with me. You're not going to wow me with the numbers. In fact, guess right. what? You don't have the right to you know, show me the numbers until you've shared with me how you're aligned with what I want to do. So it's really a gr- great I've enjoyed it. It's been going on 30 years. In fact, this used to be dark and now it's white, but um, it's been oh, a great gosh. ride. No, this is, it's a great story. Uh, I love it. And that kind of leads me to this great book um, that you, I really appreciate you sending me that you wrote called Insight Led yeah. Selling, which is really so important today for anyone in, in B2B sales. Tell us a little bit about how you know, the idea came about and then the, the process of getting this thing out yeah. there. And I know it's an Amazon bestseller. So tell us a little bit about that process. Yeah. And so, you, you know, one of the things we do at Finlistics is not only have a platform that people can get mm-hmm. all this client data and what's the value and everything, uh, but also we do a lot of education. Once you got all this great data, what do you do with it? And so people would ask for a long time, well, is there anything else? Do you you have a book? What book should we read? (laughs) And so I decided, well, I'm going to write this book. And at the beginning of 2020, I said to myself, look, I'm either going to write this darn book or I'm never going to think about it again. And then COVID hit. (laughs) And I said, all right, let's turn something bad into something good. So I I worked with a company, uh, some ghostwriters. And um, yeah, so I just put together all these ideas I'd had for you know, 20 plus years. But what Dan, what I wanted to make it unique because mm-hmm. look, it's self-serving for me to say, oh, and here's how you ought to sell, right? Because I'm trying to sell that to you. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to get a bunch of executives from like Coca-Cola, mm-hmm. you know, AT&T, Procter & Gamble, uh, Georgia Pacific, and get their perspective. And so their quotes, those interviews to me is really one of the more unique parts of the book. And this, these are people that buy billions of dollars worth of services and technology and everything else. They're, it, they're telling here's what here's what we want. Yeah, I think that's one of the most uh, interesting parts of the book, the examples, and it it really highlights you know all the great experience you have and the connections you have. Um, there's so many great parts to the book. Um, one of them is when you discuss kind of the sale, the salesperson. It's almost like a maturity curve for, from you know vendor going right. up to kind of strategic advisor. Talk a little bit about that and how, how do, how do sellers, you know, move themselves and become way more important, um, to buyers going forward? Yeah. And and so, you know, if you're at the vendor level, I mean, it's just a commodity and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, one study showed that for a slightly lower price, 70 plus percent of people would switch vendors. It's just, they're not Mm -hmm. bringing any value. Right. And, and then you get into like the preferred supplier as an example, like, okay, we, we got a good relationship. I, I know you're 
you, you deliver on time, high quality, you know, we don't go through a bunch of hassles and all that kind of stuff. And then you get into the solution provider, which is I can articulate some, mm -hmm. here's how my solution can help you. Mm -hmm. But then as you really start moving up the curve to uh, trusted advisor and strategic partners, I know that some people will argue there's a difference, whatever. Mm. It, it's really, you have a seat at the table. You know, when they're coming up with ideas, it's not just, oh, and here's the RFP. You know, let me, let me share with you uh, what we've seen at other companies. I know you're trying mm -hmm. to improve security. I know you're trying to improve the the omni-channel uh, experience, as an example. So you, you really have a seat at the table hmm. and strategic partners, there's much greater alignment by, here's what we're trying to do. You know, we're trying to, uh, you know, uh, explore AI. How, how can we do that together, right? How can this be a win-win-win? And really interesting story, uh, a friend of mine now uh, at a large technology company, she was really super sharp or is still super sharp. <laughs> and she called me one day all excited. She goes, I'm finding a strategic partner. So, you know, what are, what are you talking about? She was the CEO of a retail company. That, that's what she specialized in, called me and said, hey, we're thinking about buying this company. You know, she didn't name it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, I, you know, I'd like to get your take on it. Does that make sense for us? Not wanting to buy anything from her. And she wasn't trying to sell them anything. But, I mean, that's great when mm -hmm. they look at you and say, you know, we're thinking about, you know, AI, or we're thinking about security. What, how do you think about this? Not trying to sell anything, but a true partnership. Yeah, I love that. And and you know, just thinking about the process. If you're a if you're a seller, how do you become more strategic, right? And I think you can you can definitely teach yourself this, right? So it's it's really you understand your solution. That's table stakes for sure. But then you need to kind of expand. And kind of understand the ecosystem, right? And then also understand your prospect. And, and you go through this a lot in the book, you know, how they make money. And it's really a question of just becoming knowledgeable, building that base, and then being able to kind of connect the dots so that you can be seen as just more of a strategic thinker. I don't think it's, you know, right. some, it, it might come easier to some people, but you can really work hard at teaching yourself that, would you say? Yeah. And, and again, you have to have the support um, right. to say, I, I shouldn't have to do all the research as right. an example, you know, like right. you know, spend hours and hours and hours doing that. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, fall in love with your customer. I tell mm -hmm. people, fall in love with their industry, mm -hmm. fall in love with the customer yeah. and, and, and really know what they're up to and align your solutions. And, you know, the other part, Dan, I got mm -hmm. this from um, a CFO, one of very, very large retail companies, which if I said it, you would know it. and <laughs> You know, his point was, I want people to know me, but don't always show up with a smiley face. And what he meant by that is, you know, uh, you know, we can increase closure rates. We can increase, you know, campaign response rates, blah, blah, blah. And what he wanted to know is, well, tell me the times it didn't work. And, and what did you learn from it? And, and that's the other part, mm -hmm. falling in love with your customer, right? We have relationships, there's mm -hmm. ups and downs, everything else, but, but it's really a, a, a team effort. So, you know, you have to understand what's near and dear to them. How can you keep them on top of what's going on? And, you know, Dan, uh, I mentioned earlier about tell me something I don't know. And mm -hmm. in the book, it's Candy Conway, mm -hmm. uh, the former senior VP of global operations at AT&T. Mm -hmm. And when I was interviewing her, she said, yeah, tell me something I don't know. I said, come on, Candy. You're at your AT&T. You got a huge staff. You can, get McKin <laughs> you can get anyone you want. You're telling me you want a seller to tell you something you don't know. And she goes, 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And her point was that, you know, everyone kind of think of these executives as, you know, Mount Olympus or something. <laughs> but um, she said, we're heads down too. And she goes, you know, like you, you're selling to the telecom industry. Don't tell me anything confidential, but what's working, what's not working. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, are, you know, are we up to speed on what we should? So it, it's really, you know, falling in love with your customer wanting to know as much about them as possible. Not, not anything creepy, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, and it's, it, especially for public companies, it's out there in the public domain. Yeah, hundred percent. And sometimes you have to go in and challenge, right? And 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 kind of uncover oh. and talk about some uncomfortable things. Um, you know, going back to the the challenger sale from years ago, um, and that leads us into um, another great part of the book. You know, you spend a lot of time talking about selling to the C suite, engaging the C suite, getting buy in mm-hmm. of senior executives. Talk a little bit about the game plan there, because, you know, as we learned, the pandemic really um, drove more senior executives into the buying process than ever before by a, by a rate of 2x. And even the selling yeah. process, there's a lot of C-suiteers oh. out there, right, trying to, trying to close deals. But what are some of the key points of this um, kind of um, C-suite playbook that you talk about in the book? Yeah, yeah. So uh, one of the key things is know the industry. Now, you don't have to be an industry mm-hmm. expert, you know, someone from Accenture or McKinsey. So their expectation isn't that. But talk to me in, you know, my, my terms, right? Mm-hmm. Like consumer product, we talk about trade partners or, you know, in airlines, we talk about RASM mm-hmm. and CASM. You know, so you don't have to be an expert. Mm-hmm. Just talk to me, know what's going on in my industry and use that, use that terminology. So, I mean, for example, if you went to a bank and talked about days and inventories, it'd be a really short meeting. So, you know, <laughs> what's going on in the industry? What are the disruptors? What are the technology trends? And then the next thing is, you know, at a company level, what are the goals and the strategy? So for example, this one consumer products company has announced that we're, we want to expand our margins. We want to grow organic sales and we want to increase cash flow. And then they tell how they're going to do it. More, more responsive supply chain as example, greater customer insights. So what is near and dear to them? And mm-hmm. and by the way, Dan, they're publicly traded. I always tell people, you know, just go read, not just, but go read mm-hmm. the letter to shareholders. Yeah. And in five minutes, you know, it's top of mind for those executives. And even if you're not at the executive level, that's going to filter down to others in the organization. So what what's near, what's, what's top mm-hmm. of mind? What are they trying to get done? But as you mentioned, there's more and more uh, exec or stakeholders, as I like to call them, mm-hmm. involved in this buying cycle. Uh, and so one, one of the things is that I think, I think it was, uh, Gartner said mm-hmm. that there's like 12 stakeholders in a lot of these deals. Crazy. So what does that mean? They're all, you know, they're all trying to support the same thing. Like let's use omni channel as an experience, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So here's marketing trying to use this as a way to, you know, personalize offerings, you know, what's the closure rate? What did you buy last week? How can I sell you more? And then let's say you have uh, this distribution logistics, you know, they're looking at things like stockouts, how quickly mm. you can deliver. So all aligned with the same goal, but they've got different initiatives and KPIs as they should. So the next thing is, well, you know, Dan's in distribution logistics, uh, you know, I, I'm in marketing or, you know, I'm in security, whatever it might be. What are my initiatives? Mm-hmm. Right. And then mm-hmm. how do I measure success? Cause I mean, so, so for example, mm-hmm. my marketing example 
you know, it'd be growth of online sales as one example mm-hmm. for distribution logistics. It would be, you know, on time in full delivery. So how do I think about the world? And as a part of, part of that is when you're talking to me, tailor it for me. <laughs> and uh, that's, let me see, we did yet another survey mm-hmm. and I forget where <laughs> it went, but we asked how well do they, um, you know, tailor the message mm-hmm. anywhere from excellent, which got 0%. Oh my God. 0%. Uh, something like 20% was need serious help. And then all the, you know, making progress, but still have a ways to go. So you got to tailor the message for me. Now, maybe not all 12, because I mean, all be key stakeholders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other part is, well, how, right? Because I think a lot of times people jump to, well, what's the ROI? You know, how much cash flow? Which you and I would do because we're finance types. <laughs> but what's the value statement? You know, just don't come in and say, well, we can help you increase revenues. <laughs> oh, well, go solve world hunger and world peace while you're at it. Uh, so, you know, you know, we can help you improve revenues by giving you greater customer insights. And we've seen that at other companies, you know, increase mm-hmm. cross-sell, upsell, new customers. So t- 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 give me some beef. And in the part that obviously you and I love is, well, how, how, how much value is this going to create for me? Right. Mm-hmm. How much cash flow? How quickly we're going to start getting a return? You know, how, you know, what's the payback? You know, so it, it's really those steps, you know, fall in love with the industry, know the customer's goals mm-hmm. and strategies, know the stakeholders, initiatives and KPIs. How do solutions help? You know, tailor the message for those different stakeholders. And then, um, you know, how much value is it going to create for me? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, one of the recent, not so well, maybe about a year ago, um, I, I follow some uh, research from Objective Management Group. I don't know if you um, follow them, but mm-hmm. they do um, they do a lot of sales training and they do tons of assessments on uh, selling skills and um, what the top performers are doing that the lower performers mm-hmm. are not. And one of the things I found really interesting was that they had um, this kind of fall off of sellers where, you know, say maybe it was 70% of sellers were proficient in discovery and asking thoughtful questions. Then it dropped down to like 33% were able to tie benefits or their solution back to the challenges. And then it fell off a cliff to like 10% for them to be able to drive some urgency to, to, to make the case for why now. Right. And I think everything you're talking about, if you weave all that together, that's going to answer all of those questions. And that's going to certainly light a fire under the buyer to say, man, I better, I better get moving on this stuff. You know, Because a lot of what we hear when I go out and I yeah. have these meetings, it's like stalled deals, you know, extended time. How do we get these people moving through the pipeline quicker? How do I get them on my timeline, <laughs> you know, um, for the quarter? So I think, well, uh, yeah. No, I mean, I see it all the time. And it's, you know, with a lot of our clients, I say, oh my God, the deal is stalled. And on yeah. and on. I said, well, do they know uh, how much it's worth? Do they know what the monthly cost of delay is? Right. And if they're publicly traded and you're talking to an executive is, you know, let's say I'm comped on, a revenue growth and earnings per share, or you know, some some financial metric. You know, these solutions you can tie to executive comp. Do they know how much it's mm-hmm. personally costing them mm-hmm. <laughs> if they don't get their bonuses? Mm-hmm. And uh, Love that. on on that one, executive comp is one of my favorite areas. 
Oh, we did a survey. Only 10% of companies use executive comp as part of the sales process. You know, you have to be creepy and say, Dan, hey, I know yeah. you're comped on this and this, and I know right. what school your kid goes to and, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, the sense of urgency, you know, how's it aligned? You know, what, what's, what's it worth? What's the cost of delay and monthly cost of delay? And then how could it impact them personally? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not only business value, but personal value um, financially. And also, you know, again, you guys covered it on the webinar, but what's what's at stake for that executive, right? If they solve this challenge, they'll get promoted. Exactly. Or if they don't solve this challenge, they may be out the door, you know? So it's, uh, you've got to figure that out. Um, so then lastly, talk a little bit about your company, Finlistics. I think it's a very, very interesting company. Talk a little bit about what you're helping folks do and maybe some of the key results that um, the customers are achieving. Yeah. So the, the problems we address or the challenges, should I say that we address <laughs> is everyone wants to call higher. You know, uh, I'm in the tech space mm -hmm. and I feel comfortable talking to the IT, but I've never mm -hmm. talked to marketing before. Mm -hmm. I mean, for, for example, one of our customers uh, do supply chain services software. They could, they could go in in five minutes you got five minutes to prep for this call with the VP of supply chain. Done. They got it. Hmm. They came out with a solution around omni-channel. All of a sudden, they had to start talking to store ops. They had to start mm. talking to marketing. It goes hmm. on and on, merchandisers. And they didn't know how. But I mean, here, here, here's an example of saying, well, wow, there's so many people at the table now. I can't just talk to IT. They're important, but I've got to talk to these other buyers. So one of the things that we do is help people talk to those other buyers be able to call higher because you know their mm -hmm. goals, you know their strategies, those type mm -hmm. of things. Mm -hmm. And the other thing too, Dan, is, you know, these, as you know, these, these buying groups are so much further down the buying journey. Mm -hmm. You know, I need to show some potential financial benefits early on. So one of the things that we do is then say, okay, here, you know, you're trying to help this marketing organization. You don't have their cross sell upsell numbers. Oh, but here's some industry averages that you could apply to give, uh, you know, some insights into that. So it's really mm -hmm. that. And then the other part of it is the confidence, you know, you could have an MBA mm -hmm. in finance, but if you're not used to talking to executives. You're like, I got all the knowledge. I'm just scared. So, you know, we, we have, um, you know, training that helps them do that. We mm -hmm. have executives mm -hmm. from former executives, from Procter and Gamble, Coca-Cola goes on and on. That's it. Now you got all this stuff. What do you do with it? And the other, the other aspect of what we do is really a, a platform called Client IQ, <laughs> which, you know, people say it saves them like, I forget how many hours of prep time. Well, that's good, but also has a lot of insights into, oh, look, here's a gap in, in their finance performance. Here's some things you can maybe do, or here, here are some initiatives uh, by industry, by the different stakeholders that they can get started with their strategy maps or their, you know, conversation, et cetera. So it, it's really a, a soup to nuts solution. And, you know, we see more and more people using an account planning, their QBRs, you know, those type of things. And there's been some different uh, research. And so one is that we saw that one, one survey we did that 80% of the folks that use this saw 25% bigger deals. And mm -hmm. part of that was, gee, I'm talking to more people. And I was able to articulate the mm -hmm. value, you know, when procurement's trying to beat me up, right? <laughs> so I mean, that's that's a lot of what we do. And obviously, mm -hmm. you can go to you know, finlistics.com to learn to learn mm -hmm. more. 
No, it's great. I've, I've used the platform. I've seen the platform and it's excellent. And, you know, you mentioned confidence. It's so important because I think this is a part of many people's sales game that might be a little bit lacking, right? Um, number one, you're going to give them more information. So they're going to be confident. Number two, you're going to help them with financial selling and understanding finance. Not everyone is a finance yeah. whiz. So if the seller is confident, then the buyer is going to feel feel more confident. And you know, we know that these buyers are Correct. worried so much about risk um, and taking a risk. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, I really think it's a great solution. But anyway, um, Dr. Stephen Timmy, thanks so much for coming on the program. It's been an absolute pleasure. Everybody, take a look at this book, Insight-Led Selling. I loved it. You'll get a lot out of it. You'll really be able to up your sales game. Take a look at the Finlistics um, programs out there. Um, follow Dr. Timmy. He's uh, one of the top leaders in terms of what's going on in B2B sales. But Stephen, we wish you well going forward and look forward to having you back at some point in the future. And thanks for your time today. Yeah. Dan, Dan, uh, thanks. I always enjoy, you know, uh, talking, working with you. And I want to thank everyone that gave their time to listen mm. to Dan and I. We have a great time. Uh, <laughs> and the other thing, too, about the book, uh, Dan, I think you can do this. When you send the link or you, uh, yeah. I'll send you a link. I think I already did. They can click on it and get a complimentary copy, a PDF copy of the book. Oh, awesome. Uh, otherwise, go to Amazon. Get the, uh, you know, the ebook or the, you know, heart, whatever you want to get. But, yeah, just we'll send you a link and, you know, just download it. Complimentary. Oh, love it. Yeah, we'll include that with the show notes for sure. All right, folks. Well, thanks for tuning in. Dr. Stephen okay. Timmy, we'll talk to you soon.